Where does someone then start to make real, deep, meaningful change so they can like jump off this podcast and feel like they're actually doing something that's going to change for them moving forward, right? Do you want to change parts of your life? And the answer is absolutely. We all want to change parts of our lives, but why can't we? And the reason we can't is that we wake up in the morning and we think, act, and feel in the exact same way with the exact same situations, whether it's traffic or our spouse or a work colleague. And every time we engage with these things, people, and places, we are thinking, acting, and reacting in the exact same way. So what do you think is going to change? Nothing's going to change, right? So what you have to do is you become, you have to become greater than your environment, greater than time, and greater than your body. They call it the river of change. Hi, and welcome to the Expansive Podcast. Uh, if you are new here, you might be thinking uh, these guys have jumped onto the podcasting bandwagon that has exploded recently, but in fact, we haven't. We are uh, the creators of the bandwagon. This is episode number 118. <laughs> <laughs> Are we the creators of the bandwagon of the podcast? That's amazing. I didn't know that. We've that early. <laughs> Number 118 of the expansive. Um, today marks 973 days since we began this journey together on. Oh my uh, God. On, yeah, can you believe it? Almost yeah, a thousand days. Yeah, wow. So, Okay. Welcome. If you are new, uh, my name is Eric Kruger. I am one half of the Expansive Podcast, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, my ever-elegant, my ever-expanding, ever-more-enlightened co-host, Mr. John Sane. John, how are you doing, brother? <laughs> um, wonderful. Thank you. It is 6 a.m. here in Mexico. I know it's there. What is it, 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock lunchtime? Yeah, it's now 1, 1 o'clock, just past 1. one. Yeah. Yeah, all good. Um, been up since five, done my meditation, uh, got a full day of lectures with Dr. Joe Dispenza today, which I'm incredibly excited about. Um, so yes, all good here in Mexico, uh, in Cancun. How are you and how is SA doing? Yeah, amazing. Uh, we've actually had like a ton of rain pour down in Cape Town over the past week. Um, ap apparently we had the same amount of rain they were, they were typically expecting, like two months in two days. It was, yeah, it was insane. It just came down. Like there's a, the park that I always take the two pups to have a, a river that runs through. And usually that river sort of comes to my knee. When we went there over the weekend or after the, the flooding, um, it was literally almost over my head. So, yeah, no, it's insane. Absolutely insane. Wow. Shame, was there flooding? There must have been flooding. No, there parts. were tons of flooding, yeah. The, even the park was flooded. Yeah, it was crazy, dude. Crazy. So there's been that. And then otherwise, just been good. Been busy working on coaching stuff, um, talks, you know, the, you know the drill. But listen, today's episode is really about uh, your experience over the past week. You've been in Mexico. Um, you've been attending. This time, not just attending a seminar like you've done before for Dr. Joe Spencer, but actually being trained in the methods that he talks about. So you were saying beforehand that, you know, a lot of the information is still being distilled. Like you are still finding places for it in your head, still trying to get those neurons to fire together. Um, but I'm looking forward to this episode where we can just unpack a little bit of that and hopefully like start making some sense of it for ourselves as well, based on what you've learned. So, I'm just going to leave it there and hand it over to you. Okay, great. Well, uh, 
for the people who don't know, I'm a big Joe Dispenza fan. <clears throat> I have been meditating with his work for the last, I guess, five or year, five years or so. And um, eventually got into the national corporate training, oh no, a neuro, neuro change solution corporate training uh, that he has put together. This is the second year or third year that he's got it going. And he's developing a train the trainer uh, sort of um, <clears throat> uh, information. And so I'm here at their biggest one. Uh, they're 70 students. Uh, last time, I think they had like 20 students. And so there's people from all around the world, you know, um, from Australia, from Germany, from the States, from Mexico. There's people that live 25 kilometers away from the resort. And there's people that traveled four days to get here. I traveled two and a half days to get here. Um, and so we've just had a phenomenal sort of four days. Today's the fifth and last day. And uh, they've been taking the information that he teaches in his books and inside his meditations. And we have unpacked it in a very, very deep way. And, you know, as Yogi Bhajan says, you want to learn something, read about it. You want to understand something, write about it. You want to master something, teach it. And we're in this process of teaching Joe Dispenza's work to corporations. And so what has happened is we've done the course and then we've been given snippets of the course and we all could choose. It was, it was random. So we all got different sections of the booklets. And then what we had to do is we had to recite verbatim the two to three pages um, of uh, the work. And, and they call it the dispenser language. It's almost you have to learn the dispenser language mm. like you would learn Italian or something, right? Mm. And um, you've never seen so uh, 70 people panic, 70 adults panic because <laughs> when's the last time you had to verbatim memorize yeah. anything in your life, you know? Um, but yeah, there we were. I mean, I, we got given this on Wednesday night and uh, I recorded my voice uh, in that piece that I had to learn. And I put it onto my phone and I walked six kilometers to like one in the morning, just listening to it and repeating it and listening to it and repeating it. And then I presented and uh, he was really impressed and he really, uh, he said it was brilliant. It was fantastic. And then he gave me some coaching tips and I was standing there being coached by Dr. Joe Dispenza on how to teach and how to speak. And I was standing there and I don't even think I heard, I heard any word he said. I was just standing there and I was like, I can't believe this guy's coaching me. You know, it's, I suppose like if you're a singer and you have Michael Jackson coaching you on your vocals, yeah. right? And it's like, it's so mm. like, it's almost like dream state, you know, you're in this dream state. So yeah, it's been a phenomenal, we still got today, there's still about 30 people that need to present today. And then this weekend I'm going to Tulum and then next Monday we start a seven day um, meditation retreat with him. So I'm, I'm here again in this resort for another seven days. So so some of the information and, you know, I, you know, obviously I make videos and I always want to share what I'm learning, but every time I try and start making a video, there's just so much information. I haven't really distilled it in my head to try and give an encapsulated piece of information yet. So this will be my first attempt at it. And so uh, I'm excited to do it because, you know, I'm firing and wiring the neurons about this information mm. to make it even more sort of distilled inside my head. Can, can, I quickly, can I quickly interject just before you go on? Um, there's a, uh, there's a, a practice they have. So like if you were a new copywriter and you were trying to learn how to... So a, a copywriter um, is someone who writes um, advertisements and they write sales copy typically. Like that's typically what you would call a copywriter, right? Um, there's a practice and it's quite widely known that if you want to become a good copywriter, what you do... If you go back to all the great long form copy that was written by like David Ogilvy and all the masters, like there's a guy called Schwartz and whatever, and you hand copy their sales letters word for word, 
And, and every day you copy and you copy and you copy and you copy. And the idea is, I think, exactly what the dispenser does is like it encodes that into your subconscious, I guess, and it encodes it into your way of thinking. And later on, you just like you become, uh, I want to say like an amalgamation, but I'm looking for a different kind of word. But like you become the composite of all of these different guys that you've been internalizing how they write, how they think. You can start seeing the patterns. And I guess that's, because it's interesting to me that he would say, like, go and learn this verbatim. I, I thought that's really interesting that they would um, go that route. Yeah, me too. I mean, mm. I, oh, me too. I mean, I thought I would have my ability to take my perspective on it. He's like, no, 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 no. No. You have to learn no. the language specifically. Mm. And, and how he explains it is that it's a process of think, act, feel. You think about it. You act with it with your hands. So this is the writing. And then it, 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 it uh, creates a, a um, in your cerebral brain, it creates an emotion. And that emotion is how you feel. So you keep repeating, think, act, feel, think, act, feel. So you think about something, you act with it with your hands, and then it becomes part of your being. And it's an emotion that's created by your cerebral brain. So mm. they teach you about the neocortex, um, that second part of the brain, because I can't remember, but the cerebral part of the brain. So it's exactly the same thing. You know, it's, yeah. it's a process of repetition. Mm. So here, here's, here's the broad thing. And I think the biggest shocking thing that I've been contemplating with myself is that how after so many years of work and, and look for the people who don't know, I'm nearly 47 years old. I started meditating when I was 30 years old. That's 17 years of meditation, 50 or so ayahuasca ceremonies. So many I've made it, I've done so much work and I come here to Dr. Joe and he starts explaining to us, are you living a life based on a set of memories from your past? Are you living a life based on the vision of your future? And you all of a sudden realize that you're in total repetition. You're like, what? Mm. After all these years of work, I am still thinking like I did when I was a kid sure. or when I was, you know, 20 years ago. So the, the gist of this work is, do you want to become somebody new? The gist of the work is, do you want to change parts of your life? And the answer is absolutely. We all want to change parts of our lives, but why can't we? And the reason we can't is that we wake up in the morning and we think, act, and feel in the exact same way with the exact same situations, whether it's traffic or our spouse or a work colleague. And every time we engage with these things, people, and places, we are thinking, acting, and reacting in the exact same way. So what do you think is going to change? Nothing's going to change, right? So what you have to do is you, become, you have to become greater than your environment, greater than time, and greater than your body. They call it the river of change. And so how do you become greater than these three things that determine who you are is you have to become hyper aware of the trigger points that take you back into feeling like the old self and then create the space in your brain to have new neurons fire together, which then wire together. So the combination is one of meditation so that you create the space in your brain so you can become aware of your existing emotions and your existing neurons firing and wiring in the same way so that you can create new pathways and new practice processes so that when you are given the same trigger point, you can practice a new reaction to it. And then you go out into your day. And then when you go out into your day, now what have you done? You've rehearsed the new reaction already in the morning so that when you get triggered in that state, you're like, whoa, 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 
oh, my old self would have been irritated mm. with my colleague. My new self is going to react differently to this colleague or to this traffic or to whatever it may be. And you have to catch yourself. And your body now has become so programmed to act in a certain way towards that colleague or towards that traffic that your body is going, hang on a second. I know what I need to do here. I've created a habit of creating stress or irritation or frustration. I want to feel stress, irritation, and frustration. And your body's like, hang on, I know what I need to do. And your brain's like, ah, 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 not this time. This time, I want to react differently to this. And when mm. you take that, that sort of responsibility, your body's now in an addicted state. And so you have to change your body's um, reaction process, which then now becomes greater than your thinking, greater than your body, and greater than your environment. And every time you get greater than your thinking, your body, and your environment, you start to change your personal reality, which means that your personality is now determining your personal reality, not your personal, personal reality creating your personality. So in other words, if you wake up in the morning, and you do everything exactly the same. And every time you get in stuck in traffic and you're going to work, your personal reality is telling you how to feel, which means that you are not determining your reality. Your reality is determining who you are, which now means that you're just a robot, just going through mm -hmm. the processes, complaining all the time, irritated with everything that's not changing. The government's useless. ESCOM's useless. The potholes are useless. My colleagues are idiots. My spouse is a fool. Meanwhile, it's you. <laughs> all mm. of these things is you. It's got nothing to do with your environment. It's got to do with you being triggered by your personal reality. So what do we have to do? Firstly, take a deep sigh because all of a sudden you realize that you are your problems. That's, that's the biggest thing. You know, you remember when I was telling you, Eric, I, I had an issue with like, I don't know, four or five guys in my, in my friend circle. You know about mm. this. We've spoken about this mm. privately. And my response when I made up with all of them was every single issue that I thought you were giving me was my own issue, actually. It was actually me being triggered by you. And now I'm realizing that it's all me. So I'm going to see you differently, which means that you will be different to me because I'm projecting a different reality onto you. And what happens? I create peace in my life because now I've taken the responsibility that it's all me that's being triggered by all of these things, right? So ultimately, firstly, you have to take responsibility, which is just incredibly difficult because now you see that every issue you have is your issue. The second thing you have to do is you have to develop a new practice, a new deep practice where you are seeing the processes that you can utilize to change who you are so your personal reality can change so that slowly but surely you can go through the river of change, which is what they call it, where you move from your old self to your new self. And is this process difficult? Yes. Is this process because your body's addicted, right? Just like heroin, mm. like just like anything, your body's addicted to a set of emotions that are being triggered by your reality. So ultimately, you have to take this journey where your body will be fighting. Your brain doesn't want to be rewiring because it takes so much energy. And so ultimately, we realize it comes down to your brain waves. So what are your brain waves? Your brain waves are broken down into beta alpha, theta, and delta. And so what happens is when you're in a state of danger or stress or anxiousness, you're in high beta, which means that you're looking for constant danger processes. And in the process of being in high beta, you can't think new thoughts. You're stuck in old ideas. You have a voice that's a critic inside your head. And so what you have to do is you have to change your brain states because when you change your brain states, the way you think about things changes. And mm. this is the big 
big, 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 big thing for me is that the more I stay in high beta, the more my decisions are exactly the same. The more frustrated I am, the more analytical I am, the more addicted to certainty I am. And the minute I can self-regulate my brain states into an alpha state, all of a sudden in the alpha state, I'm more imaginative. I can see more pictures. The critical voice is gone. And now I can settle into creating a new personality, which will ultimately develop into a new personal reality. And the last piece on this is in all my talks, I explain how our society is addicted to certainty. And we are addicted to certainty because our brain states are all in high beta. And so what happens when we're all in high beta? We have a population of humans that are anxious, that are fighting, that are selfish, that are continuously addicted to absolute outcomes and are controlling. And so people laugh at the fact that they're control freaks. Actually, what you're doing when you're a control freak is that you're making yourself sick because in a state of high beta, you're constantly in adrenaline, constantly in anxiousness. And so what do you have to do? You have to take mood enhancing uh, drugs. You have to take wine. You have to drink wine. You have to, you have to do anything you can to change your brain states. Now, what's the best way to change your brain state? Meditation. Because once you go into a state of meditating, you move from a beta to an alpha and eventually into a theta. And so everything comes down to brainwaves. And so if you can mm. manage and self-regulate your brainwaves, you can create a new personality, which will create a new personal reality. And voila, you can start now living the future life that you want. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. I'm like, sure. Okay. That, that, that's the formula. There's a lot. This formula, right? There's a lot. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that really is the, the surface of all of it. Um, many questions, many comments. Maybe the, may, the first one is, um, in a way, I listen to what you're saying and I feel a little bit despondent, right? Because many, I, I'm going to assume that the, the kind of person who listens to this podcast is someone who is deeply invested in their own personal development, just like we are. But then you go through this process of, of personal development and you get to a certain stage, you've been doing it for a long time, you've been reading the books, you've been listening to the podcasts, you've been journaling, you've been meditating, and then you have this awakening, this realization that actually you are still exactly the same person. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. Like nothing's changed. After all that work, nothing's changed. And you know, it's funny because I was... It's been a theme for me a little bit this week is that I've been looking at like where I started in 2017-ish going on this journey of speaking and coaching and like the work that I do today and looking at where I am today and I was like, but I still have some of the same problems. And I was like, like how do I fix it? And like the, the, the impulse is to run to your to-do list, right? And to say, well, Maybe it's a, a, comp a marketing thing. Maybe I need to just write my copy better. Maybe I need to. That's where you start. But really the answer is where you need to start is personality. So, so I think what I wanted to ask you then is you've done this for a long time, like you said, since 30, right? But today you're like, well, to a large extent, I might still be the same person. Where does someone then start to make real, deep, meaningful change so they can like jump off this podcast and feel like they're actually doing something that's going to change for them moving forward, right? And not just like 
don't just say like go and meditate like what would be like something very specific that you think they do that changes who they are i think i think that the what we do is we run to the easiest way for us to think that we're changing and mm. so what do we do the i would think the easiest thing to have a mantra i am successful i am successful mm. i am successful i have money i whatever i i have a good relationship your affirmations. Mm. And guess what? Affirmations change nothing because they are mental, mm. not emotional. And so if you're only sitting in an, a mental state, you're not changing the emotions in your body because thinking is the language of the brain and feeling is the language of the body. And if you're just thinking something, you haven't changed your body, which means your body now is the emotions are overriding any of your thinking. And so you've got to think, act, and feel different than you did yesterday. So just that's it. So how do you think differently to yesterday? How do you act differently to yesterday? And how do you feel differently to yesterday? So that when you go through the same reality as you woke up the day before, how do you react differently? Because all the issues and projections you have into that reality are yours. They're nobody else's. And so you have to take responsibility for that. So is it meditation? Yes. Is it awareness? Yes. Is it clarity that thinking greater than your environment, greater than time and greater than your body is the only solution that you can actually apply that gives you long-term sustainable change? Everything else is short-term. So, I, I mean, I want to give myself more credit because I think one of the big parts that I have been working on this week is I need to give myself more credit because mm. I am successful and I often think I'm not successful. And I, and, I, and I want to have a better relationship with people. And I often think I'm not good enough to have a good relationship. So I've also had to get to a point where, yes, I have changed. I have changed a lot. I'm, I mean, look, I'm in Mexico. I'm traveling around the world. I mean, this is very different to the John a few years ago. So I have applied myself in new ways. And so really just settling into the fact of thinking that I have become successful and I am moving in the right direction in itself gives me the credit to actually develop more of it rather than always thinking to myself, I need to make more money. I need to be more famous. I need to be doing more. I need all of these things to say I'm in a space of lack, which means that I'm still mm -hmm. the same person when I'm thinking about those things. So it's a very, it's a very broad process of saying, I need to change every aspect of the way I think, feel, and act about every aspect of my reality so that my reality can react differently. Yeah. I guess also in that acceptance that you were just speaking about, so acknowledging that certain things are changing or have changed yeah. and that you've yeah. created certain successes. I think there's also a relaxation that comes with it, which speaks to this like uh, this beta, theta brainwave state that you were speaking about, right? Because if I'm constantly tensioned about the fact that I'm not where I want to be, there's no way yeah. you relax into... And it's funny because I was listening... Yeah? No, no, Gary. Uh, I was just going to say, I was listening to a podcast this week um, with Malcolm Gladwell, and they were speaking mm. about the origins of sprinting as we know it today. And mm. back in the day, um, the common, like, sort of um, best practice was that you tense as you run. Like, everything is just like full tense, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then this guy comes along called Bob Winter, and he mm. completely changes the sport because. He realizes that what they were teaching during that time for fighter pilots, because I think it's more or less during like World War time, 
mm-hmm. um, is that they have to relax because if they're not relaxed, the brain uses up too much oxygen, their muscles use up too much oxygen, and then they don't have the capacity mm-hmm. to think further into the dogfight. They fatigue too early. Mm-hmm. So he sees all of that, that information and he transports us into sprinting. And he's like, I want you to go run a lap and I want you to tense your hands and your jaw. Go run that lap. And then he times them. And he's like, okay, I want you to go run another lap. This time, lose hands, lose jaw. It was like his, his thing that he kept saying to them. And without fail, their laps would be much better because it was all about relaxing into the win. And I'm... I think this is partly, it's, it's in the same thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Look, it's funny because, you know, I've been speaking about these things in my talks, but not understanding them deep enough. So I mm. have got this concept around, we have to move from logic to intuition. We have to move from an addiction to certainty to imagination. But I didn't know how to tell my audiences and my clients how to do this. And now mm. I'm realizing it's all brainwaves. So like Dr. Joe was saying, like he works at some corporates and like, we don't meditate. And he like he mocks like these, you know, Southern, Southern American, like we don't we don't meditate, man. And he says by the time we leave them, they're all like they're, they're super meditators because they realize that if they stay in alpha, I mean, if they stay in beta, they can't change the culture of their company. They can't bring more creativity. They can't bring more collaboration. The minute you drop into alpha, you're naturally more imaginative, collaborative, imagine like, you naturally fall into that space. So you don't have to keep forcing your team and your culture of your company to think in that certain way, you have to get to the process of getting them to understand, think, act, and believe, um, think, act, and feel in a greater way than you did yesterday changes the culture of your business. And I'll say this Mm. in my talk with Zero. I said, South Africans think that the government is in charge of what needs to happen in South Africa. And it's not. It's individuals that live in South Africa that are the problem of South Africa because the more angry you are, the more frustrated you are. You're the one, you are the problem. Like you're sitting in traffic and you're complaining about traffic. You're the traffic. What are you complaining Mm. about? And so we (laughs) want to always blame the colleague, blame our boss, blame the government, blame, blame, blame. And then we are the problem continuously looking for those problems and we keep finding them. And so we wire and fire the same brain neurons. And mm. then we're like, ah, told you, told you that's like that. Mm. Told you they're useless. Meanwhile, it's all you, yeah. all of yeah. Listen, I think we have to start wrapping. Um, there are, there, there's a lot more that I want to ask you. I want to ask you two more quick things, but like, so yeah. shorter all answers. Right. Uh, the first is going to be, um, let's say that someone, that, like they don't feel ready to commit to the meditation process yet. Okay, like they're not, yeah. they're not quite there yet. Is yeah. a good and acceptable alternative to say, okay, well, you know, um, I've identified that when my wife does a certain thing, then it brings out mm. this response in me. Yeah. And, the, and yeah. moving forward, I'm going to be very conscious in a way that when that thing happens, this is going to mm. be my new response. So I, pre, I kind yeah. of pre-program that response. I, I, I decide mm. up front what it's going to be. And then I just mm. go and practice that over and over. Yes, that's fantastic. Because what you're doing is, firstly, you're becoming hyper aware. Remember, that was the first thing. You have to become hyper aware of your emotions. And then the second thing is give yourself a tool set of new emotions so that you can practice those new emotions. So I did this example, actually, for the workshop. I said, when I had, when I was thinking about money, I used to feel anxious, uh, uh, depressed, and at fear when there wasn't enough money. And then I learned that I could be excited, eased, and in love with money. And so I created these new emotions that I could anchor myself onto. Every time I went into that old way of thinking about money, I had new emotions that I could anchor myself into. So yes, that's a fantastic practice to 
Remember, neurons that don't fire together start unwiring together. So the less you give that space of mm. thinking energy and you give yourself new tools, then your reaction starts changing. And guess what? Your wife will stop. In, in fact, your wife will most probably even stop doing that because you stop thinking about it and stop looking for it. Yeah. Cool. And then number two, I'm just curious with obviously the recession looming over everyone's heads at the moment. I'm wondering if anything has been said over the past few days in the sessions about the recession, about how people should think about it or. Uh, don't give it any focus or energy. Because if you do, it becomes your reality. You look yeah, for things, yeah. you look for reasons, you band together with your friends, you talk about it, you create conversation about it, you create new neurons and new um, uh, pathways in your brain. Your brain then starts looking for ways to confirm your belief system. And then you'll say, oh, I told mm, you my customers mm. don't have money because of the recession. You give it zero attention. Your focus changes. Your, your energy rises. Your emotions are in a higher place. You only find other people that are not affected by the recession at all. And I often say this in my talks. Don't you know somebody who makes money no matter what's going on in the economy? And don't you know some people that never make money no matter what's going on in the economy? And this is exactly mm. the same thing. We have these private privileged bubbles that we can focus on and create realities we want. And people don't want to take that responsibility. I know it's exhausting too, but if you don't, you're going to stay who you were and what a waste of a life. I think that's a good note to end on, Brother John. Thank you for sharing with us. Um, we were saying that historically, um, when you've been on these retreats and you've come back and you've shared with the expansive audience um, what you've learned, these have always been very well-performing episodes. And I think for good reason, you know, like everything you said today is so... Um, it's so poignant. There's so much wisdom to go and reflect on. So, uh, yeah, and I think if, if people really listen to it carefully and they really run their lives through the filters that you that you mentioned today, you know, it could be life changing. And um, if you want to go and find out more about Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, he has many books out. Um, and I think Becoming Supernatural is the only one that I've actually read. Um, and then he has plenty of meditations, and you can find them all on his website. Mm, look, I'm also I'm becoming a corporate trainer. So I'm actually learning the tools to come yeah, into culture, yeah. to change culture through meditation and brain states rather than just trends and top 10 things leaders should do. It's like, actually, let's all get into a meditation and, and act, think, act, and feel differently so that things can change. Mm -hmm. So yes, that's also going to be coming up soon. Yeah, so you can email me if you want John to come and uh, work with your, your organization. Uh, so I can, uh, I'll take a small commission of that and pass it on to him. Of course, I mean, that makes sense. You, you helped me pay for coming here, right? I'm still waiting for that money. Just by it's the, the, way. Um, but, uh, through anyway. the expense of podcast. It, like we, oh, yes, we sponsored course, you to go and, and do this on behalf of the podcast. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm so sorry. I forgot about Energetically. That. Forgot energetically. About not with yes, money. Come now. Yeah. Like we'd be, and, we'd be on that. And the fact that I've had to wake up early to record this podcast before I go on my run and before I go on a 12-hour lecture with Dr. Jonas Benz is all part of me paying back this uh, fee there we that go. you guys helped me put together. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> As always, um, thank you for joining us today and for listening to this episode. We are grateful to have you on this journey with us. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe, uh, leave us a rating or a review. We've been really working towards having more than 200 reviews for the year of 2022. And we're getting there very fast and in a very quick way. So uh, we would love to see your name also feature on the reviews list. And if you want to find out more about booking John or myself to speak at your event, then visit the Expansive website at theexpansive.com. Until next week, stay expansive.